It's the fall of 1977, and we find ourselves in the south of England. It's approximately 5 p.m. on a Saturday, and the late afternoon news is just a few minutes away from wrapping up its daily broadcast. The news anchor? He's reading a story about some violent clashes that had taken place the day before in Rhodesia, led, in part, by Robert Mugabe. The anchor continues reading the story, when suddenly something odd happens. We can still see the news anchor on the screen, who's continuing on with his broadcast, but the sound from him suddenly drops out. And replacing it, another voice can be heard. Only, this voice doesn't sound human, nor does it claim to be. This is the voice of Virilian, a representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command speaking to you. The voice is deep and strange and hypnotic. For many years, you have seen us as lights in the sky. We speak to you now in peace and wisdom, as we have done to your brothers and sisters all over this, your planet Earth. We come to warn you of the destiny of your race and your world so that you may communicate to your fellow beings the course you must take to avoid the disaster which threatens your world. The voice continues for the next few minutes, warning the people of the Earth to change our ways. And finally, letting us know that, no, we are not alone. That moment was something that actually happened. It it took place on November 26, 1977, when a broadcast of the nightly news in the UK got hacked by aliens, which, crazily enough, could actually be exactly what happened. And yes, the whole thing definitely feels like a prank, but no one ever took credit for it. An investigation was launched by the Independent Broadcasting Authority in England, but it's really tricky to find results of what they found. It's tough to figure out where records dating that far back might still be. So was it aliens? I don't know. Probably not. Realistically, it was probably a prank, but it did get me thinking a lot about hacking TVs. In 1977, hacking a TV would have meant hacking an entire broadcast signal, which to me sounds really, really complicated. But when I stare at the smart TV in my living room, what goes through my head is something I've learned over and over again while making this podcast. And that's the smarter the device, the more vulnerable it can be. So I have to think that more than 40 years after the aliens hijacked British TV, a hack like this might actually be easier to pull off today, which also seems wrong. Because if you think about it intuitively, shouldn't technology have actually made our modern TVs more secure? We're about to find out. Welcome to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. This computer is on the job around the clock in case of attack. Their principal target is you. The design is complete, but will it work? Shake hands with danger. I'm Jeff Siskin, and I'm here as always with Bruce, the pride of Texas, Snell. (laughs) (laughs) 
How are you, sir? Good, Jeff. I'm always waiting with, you know, anticipation as to what the nickname's going to be for the week. That's a, that's a solid I one. I think it's not just me that refers to you as the Pride of Texas. I think the entire <laughs> state of Texas uh, refers to you as the Pride of Texas. Aw, shucks. So uh, I'm just jumping on the bandwagon there. Uh, today, Bruce, we are looking at hacking smart TVs, in particular <laughs> hacking my smart TV. And the idea for this episode actually came from the hackable hotline. Uh, a listener phoned in uh, with this to say. Hi, my name is Yasha. Um, I enjoy your show. I've noticed that you haven't yet talked about uh, Roku and Chromecast and Apple TV and all of those other entertainment streaming devices that I think a lot of people have. I have a Chromecast, and I'm always wondering how vulnerable it actually is. So that would be interesting to hear about. Thanks. Now, we had already done one smart TV hack a couple uh-huh. seasons ago, but when we got this message, we thought it was clearly time uh, to do it again, and we wanted to do it in an entirely different way. So we got in touch with uh, Craig Young, who's the principal security researcher at a company called Tripwire Vert, and he had an idea for a hack that, if he can pull it off, is totally frightening. Yes. Uh, which I'm perpetually paranoid of because I think, as I've learned on this show, it's always the things that I don't think of as either vulnerable or smart are the things that actually seem right. to, be, to be the worst. Of my phone being being an example of that. I I, uh-huh. I used to think my phone was fine, and now it's and now I just get worried whenever I use it. Yeah, I mean, as we start getting more and more of these little devices everywhere on our network, I think we're you know we're 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 creating our own hostile environment. In exactly. Our homes. And I wonder if smart TV is one of those things where. I like my TV to uh-huh. access my streaming services, uh, which is great. But there was sort of a promise of the smart TV that it was sort of going to be a computer. H- have we sort of yeah, given up on that? I think so, right? Because I remember a few years back um, buying a TV, like the first time I bought a smart TV, and you can't see the air quotes that are going on here. <laughs> but yes. um, and I was thinking, oh, this is great. I'll have I'll have my Netflix and Amazon video and everything will be, just be... You know, I can just use my TV. I won't have to have anything else. And it was so kludgy that yeah. I ended up just, you know, I just connected an Apple TV and just said, all right, I'm good. And and the the last two TVs I've had um, have been smart, but I've basically leave them unconnected and never use any of the smart features. I just use the, uh, the, the streaming device that I connect to it. So there's all this stuff online that we were reading as we were getting ready to this episode uh-huh. about how your TV is spying on you. Right. And, and it's hard to separate the the fact from the fiction here because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff online about how, you know, this is the the spying mechanism in your home. Sort right. of similar to how uh, smart speakers are in some way. Our story producer, Pedro Mendez, looked into what I think is one of the creepiest examples of this. And his goal was was really to sort the fact from the fiction. And, and I want to play that for you now because he, he undercovers some kind of interesting stuff. In researching this episode, I came across a truly shocking and disturbing smart TV hack. I found a story from this past July about a couple in the rather posh Indian city of Surat. This couple had a habit of visiting certain adult websites via their smart TV, and one day they found a video of themselves canoodling on their living room couch, obviously without their consent, even their knowledge. The couple contacted cybersecurity experts who came to believe someone had hacked the couple's smart TV and used its webcam to film them. Seriously 
creepy stuff. But before we get carried away, I think on the whole, your chances of having your smart TV hacked, as described in that article, are slim to none. That's Simon Cohen. He's a tech writer who's covered smart TVs extensively, and he has some doubts about this story, starting with the technology. Smart TVs these days are are fairly up-to-date in terms of software, especially if you've bought your smart TV from a major manufacturer. And we here at Hackable are always banging on about updating your software to make sure you have the latest security patches. But that's not Simon's only doubt. You see, smart TVs with webcams aren't that popular anymore. That trend seems to have lost favor in recent years uh, in kind of the same way that 3D has lost favor on TVs to the point where I don't think there's a single new TV that you can buy smart or otherwise that has 3D and finding webcams on new TVs is very rare as well. So from a tech point of view, this story doesn't seem very credible, but Simon has a theory as to what's really going on and it has nothing to do with hacking. If I had decided to record some intimate activity at home and perhaps wanted to keep it around or share it online, and then it got out of hand and uh, I wanted to take that all back, the only way that you could really do that, I think, and maintain any kind of believability is to suggest that you got hacked. Okay, now that does make a lot of sense. But as I kept researching, I started having doubts that this whole story even happened at all. For instance, the news article uses no real names, no quotes, even the cybersecurity experts aren't listed. Not to mention, what are the chances that if this did happen to you, you'd find the video? I was starting to think it might just be clickbait. But then I found another news story from three years ago in Britain that got me thinking again. A 2016 article in The Sun written by George Harrison, not that George Harrison, reported that a couple had been alerted by friends that intimate footage of themselves was posted on an adult website. This article does quote someone, Laura Higgins, who worked at a helpline at the time. I contacted Laura, and while she couldn't appear on the show due to client privacy, she confirmed that a video was posted online without consent and that the couple believed because of the angle the video was shot that it was captured by their smart TV. So, while I think we can cast serious doubt on the more recent story, there might be something to that original report. After all, there were more security vulnerabilities in smart TVs back then, and webcams were more common. All that said, though, is this hack likely to happen to you? No. Is it impossible? Well, not really. So, to be better safe than sorry, if you do have a webcam on your smart TV, and you're in the habit of enjoying yourself in front of it, consider the high-tech, full-security, anti-hacking solution of a good old piece of tape. So that was our story producer, Pedro Mendez, investigating whether our TVs are staring at us in some particularly <laughs> intimate moments. I just wonder if if we're all too hysterical about these things. Well... Uh, and this is this is a fine line for me, right? Because I mean, you know, as as my nature and my job dictates, I'm typically a bit skeptical and and I won't say paranoid, but some people <laughs> would say paranoid. I, for one, wouldn't refer to you as paranoid. <laughs> well, that, that's nice. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. 
But I mean, we do have to think about the ramifications of what we're inviting into our house. It's that it's that fine line between convenience and security. Well, we are going to find out in a moment whether uh, it's interesting. I think we switch roles. Normally, I'm the super paranoid one. <laughs> but we're going to find out if my confidence in technology not being creepy is true. Uh, Craig Young, who is the principal security researcher at Tripwire Vert, has said that uh, he will be able to hack my smart TV. So we will see, A, if that's true, and B, if uh, you get a big I told me so at the end of all this. <laughs> so I will, I will check in with you on the other side. Uh, wish me luck. Good luck. Okay. Craig Young, welcome back to Hackable. Hi, glad to be here again. So we are uh, we are TV hacking today, and we've done this before, but it's one of those topics I feel like we could do again and again and again because we all have these super smart TVs now, and whether or not it's real or not, it feels to me that that there's a threat that's looming. Am I am I off base with that? No, not at all. I think there's really a large shortcoming of the kind of authentication mechanisms they've put into all of these different or many of these different media devices. It's leaving us vulnerable in some ways that people probably don't recognize. And it's worth mentioning two things. One, you're thousands of miles away from me right now, and we're doing this over video chat. The other is that we're actually, when we're talking smart TVs in this case, my understanding is that you're actually going to attack the little set-top box that the streaming box, I certainly have, you know, the TV that's sitting beside me as I do this. I have two different ones plugged into that right now. Uh, And I know that lots of people do to make either dumb TVs smarter or in my case, to make smarter TVs even smarter because I don't really like the software that came (laughs) loaded onto the TV. Is there something particularly vulnerable about those boxes? Well, you know, a lot of these boxes have the same kind of problem, which is that they've been designed to assume that if somebody is on the network with them, they're allowed to control the devices and send content to it. So the box that we picked out for the demo today, it is one of the more popular ones on the market, but it's not exactly unique in this vulnerability. Consumer Reports, for example, had done some research to show that a lot of the top TV manufacturers and set-top box manufacturers were just failing to take the proper safeguards with personal data and with controls over the TV. And that's what we're going to be looking at today, how we can take control of the TV boxes remotely. And, you know, we're not going to mention the brand that of, of set-top box that we're doing, but I am just curious, the, the box we are using, I have seen TVs that advertise that they have the same technology inside of the TV. Could this hack be done on a TV without the set-top box? Oh, absolutely. Um, all of the TVs in my house can have this problem on them with the native software on the TV. So now you got my attention. So so what do we what do we got to do? Um, so it's very simple. I've sent you a link. If you follow this link, it's going to simulate the attack by just scanning your network for the TV box and trying to commandeer control of the screen. Okay, so just so people get the setup here, uh, I have brought my TV up to the studio. I have hooked it all up the same way it's hooked up in my in my TV room downstairs. And you have emailed me a link and I'm clicking on that on my laptop and not my TV? Right. You could click on it on your laptop, your phone, anything that's on the same network as the TV. Really? Okay. So it looks just like a normal website. I will click on it. And just to be clear, if you were doing this in the real world and I didn't know you were doing this, how... How would you have 
tricked me into clicking on this. And I know there's a billion different ways you can. Do you have a favorite? Um, so a favorite would be buying some fake advertising, effectively getting this link embedded into popular websites that people are going to legitimately be browsing. So hold on, through an ad on a website, I could be f- tricked into going to a link or it would just automatically send me a link? What do you, what do you mean by this? Is it like a phishing sort of thing? Well, um, advertisements often allow JavaScript to be running in the browser. So we've seen before that certain streaming video sites have had like cryptocurrency miners running in the background through advertisements that somebody had purchased. In this case, you'd be purchasing advertising, but rather than using the person's CPU to mine Monero or some other crypto coin, you would instead be using that person's computer to relay attacks onto other things on their network. Well, I'm going to save you the millions of dollars that you're going to spend on uh, advertising. And for the sake of this uh, demo, I am just going to paste this into the uh, search bar on my browser, and I'm going to hit enter. You ready? Okay. Okay, I don't know if I'm ready. Let's try this. Okay, I have hit enter. And it says IP found. Uh, uh, And then there's a IP address, I guess. And it says that with another IP address could be a target. What is that? Yep, that means it found one of the streaming devices, and you should see the screen flash on at to the place where it's loading some video content for you. <laughs> so on my TV, there's a giant emergency alert. Programming. This is a national emergency. Important details will follow. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I'm assuming this is you and something bad. So it, my, my screen is all red on my TV. Uh, it says, please stand by. This is not a test. A nuclear attack is occurring against Canada and the United oh States of America. So now it's another, it's- Six nuclear missiles have been launched from unknown locations and are expected to strike Canada and the United States within the next 15 to 25 minutes. This is amazing. Using everyday household objects, put as many walls and layers between you and the outside world as possible. You should get together a basic survival kit, including a <laughs> flashlight and a hand cranked or battery operated. I'm assuming this is you, yeah? Yeah, this is me. And you could imagine this could create quite a bit of chaos if this was happening in a large scale. Oh my god. Okay, so because this I just to what I'm watching, like my, my tire screen is red. It's the national nuclear threat. Event type is a civil emergency. Oh, and now it's in French. Okay. Can I not that yeah, I, if you hit okay. the exit button on the remote. Okay. Okay, I have so many questions for you about what just happened. Uh, I guess my first and foremost, just to confirm there's not a national emergency. You are correct. Hey, all right. So far, it's a good day. And then uh, what happened there? <laughs> yeah, so what happened there is that uh, your TV box it's using HTTP, which is the same protocol that your web browser uses. So when you loaded that link, it was running some JavaScript, which looked for the streaming media device on your network and ended up just sending some commands to it to say, go ahead and load this video content from this particular URL off the internet. And so, like you said, you know, had you pushed your evilness to the extreme, you could have just bought advertising on some website. I could have gone to this website been fed this, my computer would have been fed this URL or this little bit of code, and my child who's downstairs watching it, or my wife or whatever, 
suddenly on the screen, this emergency alert would have happened? Yeah, pretty terrifying. Totally terrifying. And and certainly no connection between, like, I, I, like, you know, I know you're doing this hack and I brought my TV up to, you know, be hacked and so I know what's going on, but it, it feels like I would have had no idea that this would have happened and I would have never put that together. But the risks could be further. Um, somebody could definitely tell the television, go out and download this media content, which actually contains a virus in it and will infect your media device. Oh my God. Can your TV get a virus? Definitely. Uh, We've seen more and more of these different IoT type devices, that's Internet of Things devices, where they're basically dumbed down computers that are put into various types of appliances and things. Um, These don't necessarily have the same kind of security precautions. There's no antivirus typically running. And so, yeah, you absolutely can get these things compromised and have them end up running in botnets. And the emergency alert, I have to say, was very impressive looking. Between the that sound, uh, certainly my phone has made that sound, uh, uh, you know, whenever an Amber Alert comes up. And, and did you make that? Or where is there just somewhere you get these evil emergency alerts from? Yeah, so I was actually just searching on YouTube and I came across <laughs> the Ike Art Films um, YouTube channel. Okay. And they had this video freely available to just use with giving them a shout out. Uh, and we will make sure to track down that YouTube video and we will uh, post the link to it on our website so people know exactly uh, who created it and they can see for themselves this creepy thing that uh, I just experienced. We're at the point where I guess I say thank you, but this is like more of a thank you and I've, I've left so uneasy uh, about this one in a way... I'm usually pretty uneasy at the end of these, but this one somehow... I think because my kids watch my smart TV, you know, like I, it, it feels... I had sort of thought, you know, the show is called Hackable with a question mark and we look at whether things are hackable or not. And I kind of thought the smart TV was one of those ones that actually was pretty safe. So what I would suggest um, to give yourself a little bit of peace of mind, contact the makers of whatever smart television you're using and figure out if they have options for disabling smartphone controls. Because the way these types of attacks work, it's, it's leveraging the same convenience technology that you would have for being able to send a video from your phone to the TV. So if you disable that type of functionality on the TV, you will certainly not have these types of threats anymore. Okay. Well, that is uh, that is helpful. I, I appreciate that. Craig, thank you so much. Uh, you have totally uh, creeped me out, and uh, I appreciate the effort you uh, put into doing that. Yeah, thanks again for having me on. I'm back with Bruce Nell, cybersecurity expert. Uh, Bruce, I think officially uh, you told me so. And I, I was pretty, <laughs> I was feeling pretty good that uh, my smart TV was not really hackable. Mm-hmm. And what ended up is not only was it hackable, it was hackable in a totally different way. I was worried about my smart TV spying on me. But right. what I wasn't worried about is my smart TV serving content that was disturbing and alarming. And if this was in the real world and not in a uh, closed experiment, uh-huh. and I had clicked on something in my computer or seen an ad with malicious code, this TV, thankfully, was sitting beside me and I knew it was going to happen, but this TV could have been in my living room with my kids watching it, right. who would not be expecting this at all. And it would be terrifying to get an alert like I got, but even more disturbing if they got truly inappropriate content. And right. that could have easily happened. Right. So if I 
want to make sure that this doesn't happen, what can I do to protect myself? You know, this is one of those really, those, those fine lines between um, security and convenience, right? Um, we, we set up these devices so that, you know, we can play a video directly from our phone if we want to, like on the, on the, on the TV. You know, if you've got a, a funny cat video or a dog video that you want to show your kids, um, you can very easily throw it up on the big screen and and watch what's probably overly pixelated for a, a <laughs> yes, high definition. I have screen. done that many many times. <laughs> um, and it's set up because we're you know there's a certain level of trust that's assumed, right? We're assuming that a device that you've connected before is trustworthy. Okay. Um, manufacturers could very easily set it up so that every time you're going to show a video. Um, you have a you know have to, have to enter in a pin number or something that's shown on the the screen, uh, which is typically what happens the first time you connect the device to it. Okay, uh, but it typically just trusts it from then on. So I think from this perspective, it's a situation where the manufacturers have to step up and offer more granular controls over security, right? So maybe it's uh, something as simple as. You know, you could go from the most paranoid and say every time a video is sent from my phone to my streaming device, I need to enter in uh, a pin that, that it asked for. Okay. Um, or you could even go back off a little bit and, and do something like once a day or once a week or, or what have you. Um, but right now, I don't believe those controls exist uh, within within these smart devices. So once, you, once you've connected your... Um, your, your device to your streaming or your streaming stick, um, you're pretty much locked in and you can, you know, th- these sort of attacks can can happen fairly easily. Well, Bruce, uh, the fact that there's really nothing as consumers we can do, <laughs> uh, I guess maybe if we were going to give hope, maybe putting pressure on manufacturers to do something is is something we can do. But uh, ultimately, you've, um, uh, I started less paranoid and now I'm paranoid again. So, <laughs> so thank you. Mission yeah, accomplished. you're welcome. <laughs> but I do have another story to share with you, which shows that as a show, maybe we're doing some good in the world. A listener named Peter got in touch with the show about an episode we did a few seasons ago about RFID, these, uh-huh. these passes people have to get into their buildings. And I don't know if, if that episode of Top of Mind, but this was one where somebody cloned a, a pass card to get into uh-huh. a condo uh, super easily and, and was able to, to gain access with this sort of you know stolen credentials. Mm-hmm. Peter got in touch with us and took it a step further. And I, I want to play you uh, a clip of this conversation I had with him. All right, excellent. After listening to, to that episode specifically, I started to do some research on RFID cards and proximity cards and came to realize very quickly that both the fob I used to get into the building I live in and the card I used to get into my office are incredibly uh, vulnerable to being copied. And so armed with a few dollars, and a few uh, web searches. Um, I went to the local convenience store uh, at walking distance from my office. They have a kiosk from a company called Kimi that was originally intended to duplicate physical keys. They've upgraded them to also duplicate proximity type keys. And, and literally all I had to do was swipe my badge from the office, my fob from my home, uh, pay for it a whopping $50. And it created a duplicate of it in a slightly different physical form, but that works identically. 
I found very quickly that there was no way any of the systems could tell the difference between the real one and the copies. And so I used the first one to get in through the garage, and then I went to the front door of my building and it worked fine. But I used the one for work in lots more places, so I I had to do bigger tests. And so I used it to get into the parking lot of one of our buildings, through the doors in one of our buildings. I even used it in our cafeteria to pay for my lunch. So I, I went to the head of our physical security, and we are making plans of how we can improve upon this going forward. One of the challenges is we will have to replace the physical security key that we give everyone who works here. So that was one of our listeners, Peter, talking about how, inspired by a Hackable episode, his company is now relooking at their security. Uh, And it's worth saying, we're not going to say where Peter works, but I will say it's a company that, you know, Maybe you've heard of it has 24 offices kind of uh, around the world and and thousands of employees. So it's it's not this is not a mom and pop operation, so, right? Uh, so you know, in some ways, I, I'm happy that our show has done good like that. But also, yeah, uh, I'm sorry we've added a horrible inconvenience to thousands well, of people's I mean, lives. Let, let, let's let's be realistic. I mean, it's I, I like it because um, you know there are definitely hacks that we come across that there's not currently a fix for that require input from the manufacturer, change from the manufacturer. So it's good to hear that, you know, maybe we're putting the uh, a bug in the right person's ear uh, to get some of these things resolved. Yes, we are doing good, Bruce. I think that's, that's what we can pat ourselves <laughs> on the back. Uh, and if anyone out there uh, has their own stories of how things from the show have sort of impacted, you know, their lives or, or their work lives, or has a question for Bruce, or just wants to come say hi, you can call the Hackable Hotline. And that number is 1-855-4, that's the number four, and then the word Hackable, 1-855-4-Hackable. And really, everyone that's called in, we are just so tickled. And it's just, it's just <laughs> it's true. to hear it's these true. calls. Uh, it's just great to hear that. Even even the ones that are just calling up to say hi. And yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. I, those, those are it, almost the best. It's just, like, it's just <laughs> a friendly little hi. Uh, and if you want to find out more about smart TVs or anything we talked about in the show today, you can go to our website, which is hackablepodcast.com. And uh, this has been Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee, Bruce Snell. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Jeff. It's a pleasure as always. Thank you. Thank you.